Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. morning, I want to talk from uh, the next, I don't know, two and a half hours from this subject. I'm just kidding. If you're a guest, you're like, should we leave now? No, it'll, it'll just be a few minutes. Y'all hang tight. Shut doors and shut mouths. Shut doors and shut mouths. And this isn't going to be on the screen, um, but if I was going to give it a, a Greer title, Taylor's a little more sophisticated, but if I was going to give it a Greer title... It would be, he ain't done yet. He ain't done yet. Last week we opened up a little two-part mini-series of messages. And I talked about taking the window seat. Just to recap, if you don't know the story, if you, if you weren't here. Um, Daniel is in captivity in Babylon. When they were taken captive... Uh, the king brought some men who he recognized a lot of potential in close to him to work inside the kingdom, closely with the king. And Daniel was one of those men. And so he's been faithful at this point. And he's about to get promoted as the top administrator in the entire kingdom. As often happens with somebody who has some skills and walks with integrity, when they hear about Daniel getting the promotion, the other leaders, the other administrators get jealous and they get mad. They get jealous, obviously, because Daniel's about to get this promotion and they're not. And they also get mad because they've been using their standing for personal gain. And so they know with Daniel becoming top administrator that they're not going to be able to do that anymore. So they're losing something too. And so they get this plan together that they're going to go to the king, King Darius at the time, and they're going to get him to sign into law this decree saying that for the next 30 days, no one can pray to or worship anyone but the king. Because they know this is going to trap Daniel because he's a man that has a relationship with God. He walks with God. They know that Daniel's not going to back down from this so they can get him in trouble. They can get him thrown into the lion's den. That's the punishment for anybody that disobeys this law. Well, Daniel does. He takes a stand. He continues to do what he would have always done out of a genuine relationship with God. He continues to pray at the window three times a day, morning, noon, and evening. And so we learned last week that if, as Christ followers, we can take the window seat. That when culture tries to push us to take steps away from the truth, that we know that we can take the window seat and we can take a stand on the truth and the word of God. That we're not going to be perfect, but we can take a stand and we can walk in love and we can take a stand and walk in love at the same time, right? So we can stand up for what we believe in, but we can also walk in love. And like I ended last week, I would love to tell you that the rest of this story ends and King Darius looks at Daniel and says, hey bro, I, I like you. Never mind, let's just forget this whole decree. You get a free pass. You're good. But unfortunately, it doesn't always end the way we want it to, right? Like the things that happen to us don't always go exactly the way we want them to or exactly the script that, by the script that we would have written, does it? So in Daniel 6, verse 13, this is what we read. read. These are the other administrators talking to the king. It says, they said to the king, Daniel, 
who is one of the exiles from Judah, Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put into writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order. They brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. The character in all of this that really stands out to me when I read that is, is King Darius. He's, a, he's an interesting character because essentially at this point in the story, he's been backed into a corner. He favors Daniel. He obviously has a tight, fairly tight relationship with Daniel. But at this point, he's kind of backed into a corner because he's issued this decree. And there's really nothing he can do to stop it from going forward. As a matter of fact... The other administrators actually remind him in that passage we just read, hey, listen, king, there, it's a law that you can't go back on this. So he's backed into a corner. His reputation is at stake. He would be breaking a law if he did anything else. And so finally, Darius looks at Daniel and he says, listen, I have done literally everything I know to do as king. Now it's in the hands of the God that you're so close with. And what's interesting about that to me is that here's a man with obviously great pride. Because remember, the way they got him to sign this into the law was by flattering. So obviously he has a great amount of pride, but he also has a great amount of power. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, obviously we don't know anything about tone when we read Scripture. But I almost hear a guy who has a little bit of faith. Do y'all hear it? And so it's almost like King Darius is going to Daniel and, and he's saying, listen, I have done all that I can do, but I think that maybe, kind of, sort of, maybe this God that you've taken a stand with or stand on, maybe, maybe he can take care of you. And do you know where I think King Darius may have gotten that little bit of faith from? From Daniel. Because he's watched Daniel. He's watched Daniel's work ethic. He's watched his integrity. He's watched him now take a stand by praying by the window even when he wasn't supposed to. And he's had, literally had to, had to have the thought, well, if Daniel's willing to be thrown into a lion's den to serve his God, there must be something here. Did you know that good stuff and faith can be contagious? Like, I, I know that negativity can be contagious, right? That's why people that gossip like to get together. Got really quiet. <laughs> Just have an awkward laugh. But that's why people that like to gossip get together, because negativity is contagious. I'll, just to prove it, the news outlets, whatever flavor of news you like, have you ever seen them dedicate a week to all good news? But they will get a week to tell you about something negative, won't they? And so what they do is they find the negative news, they slant it towards their audience because they know that people will watch. Negativity is what gets ratings and it what, it's what gets clicks, but good stuff can spread too. Whether you're a Christian in the room or not, or listening to me or not, you have an opportunity everywhere you go to spread something good. And I don't know about y'all, but the places I go, I feel like people just don't do this. What we're spreading is, I, I need what I need, and I need it now. 
what we're spreading is I have, to, I have to get what I want. But we have an opportunity everywhere we go to spread good stuff. So you, you're never just going to work. You're never just going to school. You're never just waiting in line at the checkout counter. I went somewhere the other day, and I waited. I ordered ahead. Got there. It's like I never ordered ahead. They said, yeah, we got the order. It'll be a few minutes. 45 minutes later, <coughs> Melissa and Riley were waiting in the car. And so I had texted them, told them we were running a little late. So when I got in the car, Melissa's like, what in the world was going on in there? Did you, did you ask them? <laughs> well, first off, duh, I asked them. But second off, I told her, I said, you know, everybody in there was being so rude to this girl at the counter. I just couldn't, even though I wanted to, I could not bring myself to get upset at her. Because she was obviously working hard and everybody else was spreading negativity. You can spread good stuff. As a believer, you can spread faith. When you walk through good times, when God's blessing some of you, are like, hey, can I get more of those? But when God is blessing you and you're walking through good times, you have an opportunity to give God credit for your good times. When you're walking through difficult times, difficult seasons, tough times, you have an opportunity to spread faith by taking a stand on truth, believing God's word, and also coming close to him so that you can walk through those times with a peace that only he can give. Do y'all remember a few months ago when DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills, went into cardiac arrest on a football field? They literally say his heart stopped beating a couple of times while he was on the football field. Do y'all remember waking up that next day and seeing how the positivity and prayer spread rampant overnight? I literally watched an ESPN anchor pray on air for DeMar Hamlin. Why? Because when people want to, they can rally and positivity can spread. Daniel's faith has obviously, it seems to me like at least, has rubbed off a little bit on the king, but he's stuck. So he decides, Daniel, it's all in God's hands now. i got to throw you in this lion's den. And if you know the story, you know what's about to happen. I mean, this isn't like a hidden Bible story in like Leviticus somewhere, right? I mean, it's not like, it's not like most of us haven't, haven't heard this story. And I've heard a lot of sermons on this story. Do you know one thing I have never heard in a sermon on this story, what a lion's den actually was. You ever heard it described? Well, maybe the next pastor that does it will. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I got a little, I got a picture. That's the best thing that, best thing that I could find online that represents what it kind of looks like in my head. But let me just explain to you a little bit what this lion's den would have been. The lion's den was, first off, it was a terrible form of punishment for lawbreakers. Lion's dens were actually built to house captured lions, which would later be released and hunted for sport. Other ancient writings, even other than the Bible, talk about how these lion dens were, were used. They would actually, it would actually be a pit, and it would div be divided by a wall that could go up and down. And so what they would do is they would feed the lions on one side. They would open up the wall so the lions could run to the food, and then they would close it so they could clean the other side. These animals were 
very rarely fed. And when they were fed, they weren't fed much. Literally, so that they could literally be on the gnawing edge of starvation when they were needed to execute judgment. So that's where Daniel is headed. And then verse 16 says, So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, and I think this is funny, may your God whom you serve. In other words, Darius ain't got that much faith, right? He's like, may your God. This reminds me of two parents when the child acts up saying, will you get your son, right? (laughs) May your God whom you serve continually rescue you. So a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles. So that Daniel's situation might not, y'all know what I'm thinking, might not be changed. This concept of a seal is important in Scripture. You'll bump up against it a couple of different places. My first thought when I hear about the lion's den being sealed is place, when they place Jesus in the tomb. They sealed it with a with a stone. They rolled a stone in front of it because they were afraid that somebody was going to come and steal the body of Jesus. And so they knew that if they rolled the stone in front of it, there was no way that somebody was going to come and take the body. Now, it just so happens that that big stone that was supposed to seal Jesus in was actually the proof that Jesus didn't stay in the tomb, but actually came out of the tomb by himself. Y'all see how that worked? So the seal did not work. The second thing I think about when I think about seals is Holy Spirit sealing us when we accept Jesus. The Bible says that when we accept Christ, when we turn our life over to him, when we truly, truly surrender our life to Jesus, Holy Spirit comes and seals us until the end of time. Ephesians 1, 13 says this, says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a what? A seal the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. And so Holy Spirit comes and seals you, and there's nothing that can take you out of the hands of Jesus after you've surrendered your life to him. No amount of running, no amount of drugs, no amount of alcohol, no amount of of sex, nothing can take you out of the hands of Jesus because we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. A seal is irreversible. And so this den, this lion's den is sealed tight. So there you have it, right? Story over. With what we know of lions, with what we know of lions in the lion's den now, the story's over. There's no more hope. And isn't that when you and I feel the most hopeless, when we don't have any more options. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I I believe God. But I also like to have another option of something I can do. You know what I'm saying? Somebody else I can call. Another idea that I can come up with. But when you have exhausted all of the options, have you ever been in that no way place? Like, there is absolutely no way that I'm going to get out of this. 
There's, there's no way this is going to work out the way I want to. There is no way this relationship is going to be restored. There is no way I'm going to be able to make a house payment. There is no way I'm keeping my job. There is no way we are not headed for divorce. Have you ever been in a no way place? Maybe it was, maybe you were in a tough place financially. You had asked family members. You had asked friends for money. You had emptied every account that you had. You had started doing side jobs, just trying to make ends wave together. Y'all get it? Make ends meet, just trying to make ends wave. Okay. You had tried everything you know to try. Then you get the official notification that they're foreclosing on your house. It's a no-way place, right? Or maybe wherever you were, it was having layoffs. Maybe you got wind of it a little ahead of time, and you had always been a faithful worker, and so you didn't think you had anything to worry about, but y'all know how that goes sometimes. You don't think you have anything to worry about, but you don't know you have anything to worry about, so it makes you worry even more about what you're worried about. And so you start to do everything you can. You work harder. You come in early. You stay late. Maybe other people in your department have gotten laid off already, but you're still safe. And then you get a message from your boss telling you to meet them at 9 o'clock in the morning. It's a no-way place. Or maybe somebody you love. Maybe they felt something and they went to the doctor. They got the diagnosis and it wasn't good. So they got the treatment. They took medication. They go back for a follow-up. They call you in tears in the car and say, the doctor says there's literally nothing else they can do for me. It's in a, it's a no way place. It's a, it's a place where you feel like you're backed into a corner and there's nothing else feasible that is going to happen. That's where Daniel is, but watch what happens. Verse 19, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. Daniel! 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 Servant of the living God. Has your God whom you serve, still not his God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Please tell me, Daniel, please. Verse 21. Daniel answered, May the king live forever. Verse 22, my God, Daniel's like, I'm claiming him. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. They have not even hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. I feel like God sent me here today. He brought some of you in this building. Somebody clicked online to hear this. There's always room for God to work in a no-way place. There's always, always room for God to work in a no-way place. Now, if you, if you didn't know that story, y'all, like, we would, have, we would have stood up and ran around the building when we heard he shut the mouths of the lions if we didn't know the conclusion. 
But keep in mind, Daniel is living this out in real time. He doesn't know how it's going to turn out. Just like you don't know how it's going to turn out right now, right? You're scared, you're worried, you're concerned, you're hopeless, you're in a no-way place, and you don't know how it's going to turn out. But Daniel's living in that, same, in that same place, and he has to be scared, right? If, even if he's not scared to die, he's got to be scared of the pain. He's got to be nervous how this thing is going to go. And so I can imagine that he gets thrown into the lion's den probably sweating profusely, teeth tattering, anxious. He's probably got his body up like tight like this, just thinking, just, just get it over with. Just get it over with. Meanwhile, he is staring these lions, these hungry lions in the face, and he's heard stories about the other people who have gone into this lion's den. So he's anxious. He's staring the lion in the eyes. And all of a sudden, he sees their mouth shut. And if I could just say one thing to you today, if you're just going to write one thing down, if you're just going to remember one thing, it's this. When everything's wrong, God's still working. I don't, I don't know how that applies to you today. Some of you I do. But widely, I don't, I don't know how that applies to you. For some of, it, for some of you, it's, it's a big deal. If God doesn't step in, something is about to drop. Whether it's relationally, whether it's physically, whether it's financially, and you are this close, you're in that no way place, and you are just waiting for that phone call. You are just waiting on that thing to happen. For some of you, it's not the end of the world, but it's a big deal for you. Have you ever had one of those situations where you're like, I don't know why this bugs me so much? But w whatever your thing is, I want you to know that when everything's wrong, God's still working. A relationship with Jesus never guarantees us that we, will get, we won't get into these no-way places. Daniel got there, and he was faithful. He was, he's a Bible hero. His story is written. He got there. He, he was faithful to God. He took his stand in the window. He was a man of integrity. He was a man of good standing with the king, and so he got there. A relationship with Jesus will never guarantee that you don't get into a no-way place, but a relationship with Jesus will guarantee you that he is always working on your behalf. Always. Now, I do think it's important to note that Daniel did follow God. You see, sometimes we want all of the blessings of God without having anything to do with God. God is faithful even when you're not. But you still got to walk with him. Otherwise, you're never going to hear his voice. You're never going to experience what's best for you. He's never going to be able to guide you. If you're somewhere away over there, it's going to be more difficult. But he is always faithful. His promises are yes and amen. His promises are true. And he will shut the mouths of lions for you. Didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's pretty awesome that it did. 
And do you see how God did it? He didn't kill the lions. Power to the pita. He didn't kill the lions. <laughs> he didn't distract them. Over here, lions. Over here, lions. He didn't distract them all night. He didn't have like a secret door that he opened to let the lions out or to let Daniel out. He didn't feed them by, by some other means. No, he shut their mouths. And some of you need to hear me say this. Sometimes God's greatest work is in the things he shuts down. God's blessing is also in the doors he closes, not just the ones he opens. There are people in the room today, and you feel like every door that you try to go through is slamming in your face. Matter of fact, you've made that statement. I just feel like I'm in, ending up in a lot of, a lot of dead ends. And, and you wonder, can I just encourage you, don't curse the shut places in your life. The people that walked out of your life. That job you did lose, the job you were denied for, the rejection for the date that you got, the phone call that never came. God's favor and blessing isn't just found in the things he gives us. Sometimes it's found in the things he withholds. And why this is important is because if you think that the only way for God to bless you and to take care of you is by giving you stuff, and by opening doors, and by making things easy, and making things happen, there will come a point in your faith journey where you assume God is no longer active because the doors are starting to shut. God's blessing is sometimes in what he shuts down, not just what he opens. He shuts the mouths of the lion. Sometimes he will close a door to protect you. Sometimes he will end a relationship for your good. Sometimes you'll have to leave a voicemail, even though you really wanted to talk to, talk to them because that conversation wasn't going to go well. Sometimes you will get caught by every red light between your house and work when you're running late. But maybe that's Maybe that's God's protection. Sometimes you will get denied for the job. Maybe that's not a sign of God removing his hand from your life. Maybe that's a sign that he wants what's best in your life. It's a freeing thought, isn't it? Maybe God right now is shutting some things down in your life so that the lions can't take you out. So Daniel responds to King Darius. Basically, he says, hey, I'm over here. And he says, God sent an angel to shut the mouths of the lions. It's interesting to me. I'm certainly no one to question how God does what he does, but I wonder, why did God choose to send the angels to close the mouths of the lions? He's God. He could do whatever he wanted to. He could have done it himself. And the best thing that I can come up with, and other scholars that are way, way, way smarter than I am agree with me, is that maybe, I fact-checked it, is that maybe, just maybe, God sent the angels not just to shut the mouths of the lions, but to keep Daniel company too. 
And why I think that's important is because even though you struggle, even though you are in whatever pit you are in, I want you to know that God will never leave you and you do not sit in the pit by yourself. Jesus is a very present help in times of trouble. He's always by your side when you can't see his activity. His presence is still relevant and real. If in those moments, if you will try to get the anxiety out of your mind just for a moment, if you will try to be still, if you will come to Jesus for rest, you will find that he has been there the whole time. He's not going to leave you when you get into that spot. He was present when you felt like God was blessing. He's present now. He hasn't gone somewhere else. You aren't just the flavor of the month. No, he has his eye on you. And he is with you. And he is for you. I've heard people tell me, I've been through some tough things in my life. God has blessed me with some, in some incredible ways in my life. But the best blessing of all is that I didn't have to go through all the trouble alone. That he was walking with me. By the way, I think it's important to note that angels are still active in our world today. That they are all around you. That they are fighting battles in a spiritual realm beyond what you can see. And that God will still dispatch them to take care of his kids. So this whole thing has obviously caught everybody by surprise, except for maybe Daniel. Verse 23 says, The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Because he had trusted his God. That the king's command... The men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in, thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. Dang! I'm glad God doesn't still operate like that. If so, Melissa, I'm so sorry. <laughs> God has always been about a relationship with his people, but through Jesus, he works a little differently because of the grace of Jesus. It says they were thrown in and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Awesome, right? Some of you are thinking, that's harsh. Some of you are thinking, dang Skippy, they got what was coming to them. The point of those verses is to tell us that the reason that Daniel escaped the lion's den wasn't a problem with the lions. It was the hand of God. Just in case you have any question. If these animals were really hungry, if they were really there, if they were really capable of devouring people, it says the lions overpowered them and crushed all of their bones. The problem wasn't the lions. The gift was the hand of God on Daniel in a no way place. I pray you see your gift today. that his hand is on you, and I wish with everything in me, 
I wish, and that's one of the reasons why I always pray, God, you've got to do what I can't, because I wish that I could just explain to you his love for you. Even as I understand it, and I don't understand it very well, but even the part that I understand, if I had words to explain it to you, you would see that you are so loved and cared for. And if you will, if you will follow him and you will take his principles and you will stand on this, that he is faithful to guide you and he is a very present help in whatever you go through. And that this life, if Daniel did get eaten by the lions, there's something so much better on the other side anyway. When everything's wrong, God's still working. And I know what some of you are thinking right now. At least I think I do. You're thinking, well, I've been devoured by the lions. Like, I've been through some stuff. I'm going through some stuff. And I feel like I'm being crushed. And I don't have the words for every situation. But kind of the general thing that I would encourage you with is you're still here. So he's still working. It hadn't taken you out. He's still working. So the end of the story says, the king, Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Everyone wins because of Daniel's determination, bold faith, and God's ability to shut mouths and close doors. What I guess I would want you to take away from last week and this week is, is really simple. It's do all you can get to know the God of this Bible. Take the window seat. Stand up for truth and love. Do all you can. But don't give up hope when it feels like it's not working. Stand on truth. Trust God. Draw close to Him. Know that you're not alone. And know that even in the no-way places, he is still doing something. He doesn't expect your perfection. Don't hear me say that. He doesn't expect your perfection. He doesn't expect you to, 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 to never yell at your kids again. That'll happen this afternoon. Let's be real. He doesn't, he doesn't expect you to never say a dirty word again. He doesn't expect you to always get it right. He doesn't expect you to never miss a day reading your Bible. He doesn't expect that. All he wants is for you to draw close to him to do your part, to trust Him, to stand on His Word, to take a stand in love and trust Him with the rest. My question is, will you? I am surrounded on every side can see the light of day that I am persuaded beyond
back to those verses, that verse I read just a moment ago, Daniel 6, 22, because as I was thinking about it, without this verse, this story is really just a cruel story about a guy who stood up for what he believed in and a God who was nowhere to be found. If it wasn't for Daniel 6 22 and this is what it says it says my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths 
of the lions. There are people in this room today and you feel like you've done your part. You have stood up. You have stood on truth and it hasn't seemed to pay off for you. You have tried to stay faithful to God. But the thing that you're waiting on is you're waiting on the end of the story. You are waiting on God to shut the mouths of the lions. So here's what I want to do. And everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Not everybody's going to have this situation, but I think a lot of people will. I want you to think of your no way place today. No matter how big, no matter how ridiculous it seems, I want you to think of your no way place. When you got it, will you raise your hand? Thank you. Well, I want to pray for you. And then I want to offer this, okay? A little bit off script here. I'm going to be standing down here with the response team after the service. If I can pray for you or with you, come see me. I want to hear about your no way place. And I want to commit to praying for you all week that God will shut the mouths of your alliance. God, I pray for every hand that just went up. God, the people who are struggling to see where the hope lies. God, I pray that right now they would be overcome by your presence to know that they're not walking through it alone, that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And God, I pray for their situation. God, that you would give them peace about it, but also, God, that you would work in it. Not that you would open all the doors they want you to open, but that you would go ahead of them and that you would work things according to your plan. There's also people in here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And it makes it really difficult in moments of no way place kind of situations because you don't, you don't have an anchor. So if you need to accept Christ this morning, maybe you've wanted to do it before, you just never have quite understood practically how it works or, or whatever. I wanna lead you in a prayer and this isn't like a magic kind of thing, it's just a confession of your belief. But if you need to accept Christ this morning, don't delay, now is the time. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need hope in no way places. I confess that I've messed it up that I've let you down. But I ask you to come into my life, to be the Lord of my life, that I will take a stand on your truth and trust you with the rest. God, I thank you for every person in this room, for those that are watching online. God, I thank you for the hope that you give us. And God, I, I ask that you would just instill that hope in them. God, thank you that you are still our rescuer. Thank you that if God can be for us, who can be against us, that nothing is able to stand against your power and against us. Thank you that we have the same power that raised Christ from the grave living in us. So we have the power to overcome. We have the power to trust. We have the power to take a stand. God, help for us to do that. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the incredible people that I get to speak to. 
God, I've done my part as best as I could. I thank you that you're going to continue to do yours. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.